Hallelujah. And I believe he's got something very special in store for each and every one of us. And we're so thankful to have with us the powerful ministry of Brother Dylan and Sister Paris Morgan. This is a dynamite couple that's just preaching the gospel all across the world. And the Lord has raised them up. Uh, and Brother Dylan Morgan is from California originally. Sister Paris Morgan is from Alaska. Her maiden name is Blackshear. And uh, we love these families and we love this couple. And so what we're getting ready to experience later on today with what the forecasters say is coming, this is, no, this is nothing for, for them. Sister Paris seen this a lot. And so we're, uh, we're thankful that they're here. We love this couple. And they have devoted their lives to God. And they came to preach at Tree of Life Church the first Sunday we were back to one service. We had been multiple servicing for almost a year. And our first Sunday back was Memorial Day weekend 2021. And uh, they came to be with us to minister in that service, and they brought a word from the Lord and, and even began to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and, and there was a powerful move of God. I believe the Lord has healing for people here today. I believe God has deliverance for people here today. Hallelujah. How many came in need of a touch from God? Praise the Lord. Amen. And this is their, uh, I believe, their first time to Grace Point Church. And so we're so thankful that they are able to be here preaching to Grace Point and Tree of Life Church. And we're so thankful that they're here. We're thankful you are here. And uh, we'll take just a little bit more monitor for Brother Morgan so that he doesn't have to strain his voice too much. But could you give him a great big hand clap as he comes to bring the word of life? Amen. Bless you, Brother Morgan. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord just a great shout of praise all across this house. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. What a, what a beautiful day it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I'm thankful that we get to come together, even in seasons of uncertainty, to join together with the body of Christ, to come together in faith, believing that God is just going to do something great. And I don't know about you, but I've come with faith for the miraculous today. Amen. Amen. And uh, it is an honor to be here at Grace Point, Brother Sizemore, to you and your wife and your family. I give you honor today, sir. Appreciate you so much. Amen. Love, brother and sister Sizemore. Amen. Amen. And then to brother and sister Urshan and their great family, love and appreciate them so much. And uh, the impact that he has had from afar on my life uh, that uh, before we ever even had the opportunity to meet, so I thank Tree of Life for allowing him to travel and preach because he is making an impact all across the world, and we thank God for that. Amen. 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 Praise God. Brother Driggers, it's so good to see you, my friend. We were together not too long ago in Alaska. He was preaching up there, and uh, so great to see you. What a powerful, powerful man of God, and I thank God that we get to join with you here today, sir. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's get into the word of the Lord. Is that all right? Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 6. We'll begin reading verse number 1. We'll stop somewhere around verse number 8. A little while ago, the, uh, the Lord put this word in my spirit, and he told me to preach it everywhere that I go. And uh, I feel like that God has sent me today something special for this body, and uh, I believe in the revival that's here. And in case you don't know it, you're in revival. Amen. Revival's disruptive. 
It messes up our normal and our status quo, and it messes up our schedules, and it messes up everything. It just comes in, and you got to pray more, and you got to fast more, and you got to believe greater. And that's what we're in right now. We are in apostolic revival. Amen. You know, oftentimes we pray for apostolic revival, but the pattern of apostolic revival was never that it was going to be easy, at least not what I read in the book of Acts. But it came with trials, and it came with hardships, and it came with situations that were bringing uncertainty into our lives. And that's what I'm seeing right now, and that lets me to know we're having revival. Amen. People are getting the Holy Ghost every Sunday across our world. I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And I know that God wants to use every person that's here at Apostolic Revival. Amen. Acts chapter 6, verse number 1, if you have it, say amen. Amen. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. Now let's look at the necessity of the qualifications. Are you ready? They got to be full of the Holy Ghost. And they've got to have wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business, but we, the apostles, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They were saying, we're going to keep praying and preaching. Verse number five, and this saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Somebody say Stephen. He was a man that was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Verse number six, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased. And the number of disciples were multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. The last verse in your hearing, verse number eight. And Stephen, somebody say Stephen. This time he's full of faith and power. Did great wonders and miracles among the people. Amen. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to do my best to preach to you on this subject Stephen wasn't a preacher. Stephen wasn't a preacher. Would you set your Bibles down and would you, if you're comfortable with this, join with the person next to you. I want us to begin this service in unity. And would you take the hand of that brother or link up with that sister and would you just lift your voices now and could we earnestly pray that God would have his divine will in this service. Have your will and have your way in this service today, Jesus. We humble ourselves before you. We submit our motives. We submit our wills. And we just ask that your kingdom would come. And that your will would be done in this place, oh God. Lord, we need a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Speak to your people here today, oh God. Fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let somebody, God, be delivered, Lord, from sicknesses and infirmities and struggles and trials. God, come in this place 
and do a mighty work. Come on, would you lift your voices and would you really pray for just a moment? Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, God can. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in Jesus' name. The opening of this text begins with these four words, and in those days. It is the beginning saying that it was in a time or a season that the church was in. And if you read up until Acts 6, you understand they're in revival. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People's lives are being changed. There, there are people being added to the church daily. It is what was taking place. There was a mighty move of the Holy Ghost sweeping across Jerusalem and the uttermost parts. It was, it was beginning in Acts 6. It, this, was, this was the catalyst, Acts 6, of which it would begin to spread all over the world. And it was in those days, it was in the time of revival. You need to understand where you are at today. You are in a time of revival. You've got to understand that you are in a season where God is pouring out his spirit. I thank God for apostolic revival. We need to be praying every day that God would pour out his spirit. And more than that, we need to be praying that God would position us where he is pouring his spirit out so that he can use us in these days. Let's make it personal. In the days that we are living in, we are in apostolic revival. And I've already said it once, and I'm going to say it again. Revival's disruptive. It, it disrupts the status quo. It disrupts your normal walk with God. It disrupts the usual everyday life. Revival causes saints to pray more. Revival causes saints to fast more. Revival causes us to get more involved in church. It messes up our schedule. It, it messes up our normal. That's what we're in, and we need to thank God that we're having revival. And it says in those days, in the times of revival, in the season where God is pouring out his spirit, then people begin to talk about what was going on and wrong in the church. Because you're not going to have revival of which people don't start seeing uh, the things that are going wrong. Well, this is happening and that is happening. And the problem that was, that was brought into our text is that the widows are being neglected in the daily ministration of the church. They didn't have people to serve the widows. They didn't have people to take care of those that had lost their loved ones. And so they start looking around for, for an option to this uh, problem, for a solution to this problem. And they say, we're going to get seven men of honest report. And they need to be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. I love the Holy Ghost. I love that we get the Holy Ghost. 
And if you're here today and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is your day. Do not leave this place until you get an experience with God coming to live on the inside. You need the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the whole, the first thing you've got to understand about the Holy Ghost is that you've got to have it. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, the second thing that you've got to understand about the Holy Ghost is you don't receive it by confessing and believing. Uh, that's a great first step. Uh, but every pattern throughout the Bible shows us uh, that you will begin to speak in a stammering lip uh, and a new tongue. Uh, you need the Holy Ghost today. You've got to have the whole, if you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, this is your day. You're going to get the Holy Ghost before you leave here. All you've got to do is lift your hands, repent of your sins, and as you begin to repent and begin to worship and praise God, something's going to happen. He said it'll be like a river that flows up out of your belly, a river of living water. You can't contain it. You can't stop it. You can't hold Hold it back. Ooh, hallelujah. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not receiving a part of a, of a triune Godhead. You're getting God. He's going to come and live on the inside. I said he's going to come and live on the inside. In the Old Testament, when they begin to talk about the wind, they would say it's this ruah. They said it was this thing that was blowing in the Old Testament. It goes all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God moved. That word spirit is that ruah. It's that understanding that it was not a different person, but it was God on display. You look all throughout the Old Testament, you begin to see that it was the wind, it was the Ruah that parted the waters through the Red Sea. It was the wind that passed by Elijah in the cave. It was the wind that brought the quail. It was all the wind. It was God on display. Jeremiah said, God has the wind in his treasure, in his storehouse. He has it up in heaven. In Ecclesiastes, I believe, chapter 11, verse number 5, somewhere through there, you begin to see that God begins to talk about, or, or, or Solomon, when he's writing, he begins to talk about how God has this wind. And he says, just like you don't know how the bones grow in the womb of a mother, or you don't understand how the wind is blowing, he said, this is how God works. You're not going to understand it, but you've got to know one thing. It's God. It's not nobody else. It's not another. It's not another it's God moving. What you're feeling right now is not something else. It's the God from the ancient of days. It's the God from the book of Acts. It's God on display. It's the wind. In the Old Testament, it was the Ruah, but when you go to the New Testament, it becomes the Numa. And it's that pneuma that blows. That's where you get the word pneumonia. It's the pneuma. It's the wind. And it was in John chapter 3 when Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeneth. And thou hearest the sound thereof. He said, this is just like the spirit. You don't know where it come from. And you don't know where it's going. But you understand one thing. It's God. 
And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it set upon each of them cloven tongues like an as unto, you know what's blowing through here right now? Pentecost. You know what's in this house right now? The Holy Ghost. Someone shout, we need the Holy Ghost. We needed to interrupt our days. We needed to interrupt our services. We needed to interrupt our private devotional time. We needed to blow in on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. When I needed every day of my life. You need the Holy Ghost. And the second thing that they needed, they needed wisdom. Wisdom. You know, we would, we would save our pastors a lot of trouble if we would start praying for wisdom again. If we started seeking for the wisdom of the Lord again. We would save ourselves a lot of struggle in our lives throughout our days if we would begin to ask God for wisdom when you wake up in the morning in your personal time with the Lord. He's the wisdom that'll tell you where to go. He's the wisdom that'll tell you what to do. He's the wisdom that'll tell you when not to say it. He's the wisdom that'll tell you what to say. We need the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God in our lives. Solomon, in his youth, in his young days, the Lord comes to him by a dream. And he says, what do you need, Solomon? And Solomon recognizes how minute and how little he is. And Solomon says, I'm not enough to make right decisions for such a great people. He said, I, I need your help to, to figure out how to judge I need your help to figure out how to do this. And the Lord says, in this thing, I am well pleased. He was happy when he came to him asking for wisdom. And watch, he said, because you've asked for wisdom, now I'll give you riches. Now I'll give you glory. Now you want to know where we ought to start? Lord, if you'll give me wisdom. God, if you'll teach me how to live for you. Teach me how to walk for you. Teach me how to talk. You need the wisdom of God in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You need the wisdom of the Lord. If you look at the book of Proverbs, one chapters 1 through 9, it talks about there's two different sets of people. You have a wise king and you have a wise woman. And then you have a wicked man and you have a wicked woman. And these, these four people are contending for the son, it seems like. And when you read it, you've got to understand that is you, the reader. And when they say, if you'll call for me, what it was saying is, if you will call for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. What he was saying, if you will seek me, you will find me. If you'll seek it, God will give it to you. If you're asking for it, he'll open up the door. we got to start praying for the wisdom of the Lord. the wisdom in everyday life of God. We can't do it on our own. No, it's not by our might. No, it's not by our power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. We need the Spirit of God moving in everything that we do. We need the Spirit of God moving on our jobs. We need the wisdom of the Holy Ghost helping us on how to make right decisions, telling us when to do it and when not to. It's God that'll help you. And these were the qualifications for these men. You had to be full of the Holy Ghost. 
and you had to have wisdom. And when they started looking out among these people that were full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom, they found Stephen and six other men along with him. But this text focuses on the importance of the man Stephen. Stephen is a man that's full of wisdom. He's a man that's full of the Holy Ghost. And when the apostles are brought that the issue of the widows, they said it's, it's not for us to, to stop preaching and to stop praying and to start serving tables. He said, we don't need to stop what we're doing to take care of these things. It wasn't that it wasn't important. It's that God needed the word to be released in that day. And so you watch what he says. He says, we're going to look for some men, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. And they choose Stephen, a man full of all of those things. And they elevate him to the high and lofty position of taking care of widows. I want you to think about that for just a moment. So the apostles could keep praying and preaching. Stephen gets promoted to making sure that the oil is changed in their car. The tires are rotated. It's got gas in the car. We just need to make sure, Stephen, you've got to go to these widows. You've got to make sure they've got what they need. You've got to make sure that they could do. Why? So that we can make sure that the word of God reaches this city. He gets the promotion of taking care of widows. No, you don't get to preach, Stephen. You get to take care of the widows. By our standard, Stephen would not have been a licensed card-carrying minister with the United Pentecostal Church. That wasn't Stephen. He wasn't a preacher. But instead of getting bitter at the elevation of a brother, he got focused on the job at hand and said, I need to release my brother to go to work on behalf of the kingdom. So I'm going to be faithful where God has me. Would you just worship God for a minute? Let me preach to the usher for just a minute that thinks you're just standing by the door. You're not just being an usher. You are called to that position. Let me preach to the media team that thinks you're just putting scriptures on and choosing between cameras. You're not just doing that. You're making sure the gospel gets to people all over the world. Let me go ahead and preach to every Sunday school teacher that thinks you're just breaking the word. No, you're putting the word in a young person's heart. And David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. David said, it's the only way a young man or a young woman can cleanse their path. The word of God. 
No, you're not just another man. No, you're not just another woman. You're called for this day and hour. Your purpose is to get plugged in. Your purpose is to get faithful where you're at. I wanted to preach that Sunday. Well, I wanted to sing the solo. Well, I, I wanted to get to be the one that gets to teach that Bible study. I, I wanted to be the one that gets called on to do this, that, or the other. The protection of the unity of this body is more important than anything else. I need this church to hear me right now. The unity that's in this place, it needs to be fought for, and it needs to be contended for, and it needs to be warred for. And if you never get the pulpit, be faithful where you're at. If you never get the solo, be used of God where you're at. If you never get elevated, get faithful where you're at. Get faithful where you're at. Stephen, being a man that was elevated to this lofty position, instead of getting upset, the Bible says now, not only is he full of faith, but now he's full of power. Because Acts 1 says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall receive power. You're going to get the explosive nature of the Holy Ghost. You're going to get the nature of the Holy Ghost that takes something that's impossible and makes it possible. That takes something that cannot be moved until that part of the dunamis or the dynamite shows up. And then things start happening. Things start. But you see, he stayed full of faith. And there's people here today, you need to contend for your faith. You need to contend. I said, you need to contend for your faith. I said, you need to fight for every ounce of faith you've mustered up over the last 20 years. And the devil has come to steal it from you over these last few years. And you feel like your faith tank is on empty. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, square your shoulders back and contend for what you got. Grit your teeth. Grab a hold of the word of God. tell you something. Isolation is an enemy to faith. I said isolation is the enemy to faith. When Jezebel gets that letter to Elijah, what's the first thing he does? He isolates himself. He goes and hides under a juniper tree. He goes and sits and starts sucking his thumb. He goes and has an A1 pity party all by himself. And watch, it wasn't long before isolation bred loneliness. But when you're a part of the body of Christ, you're never alone. I said, you're never, you are a body that was fitly framed together. I'm looking around at not many members. I'm looking at many members that make up one body. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Two times, two times Elijah gives the Lord his rehearsed script. I'm all by myself. It's just me. And the Lord reminds him, I have 5,000 that's never bent a knee. You're not by yourself. You're by yourself because you've isolated yourself to be alone. It's time for you to come out of that cave. It's time for you to come out of that depression. It's time for you to come out of your pity part. It's time for you to rise up. Get a hold of the faith of Almighty God. There's a king for you to anoint. The next prophet is waiting on you. 
See, when you start preaching this, you start dealing with people's circumstances. And people allow circumstances to deter their faith instead of faith to deter their circumstances. You start wondering about, well, look all around me, preacher. Don't you see everything that's going on? Imagine John on the isle called Patmos. And he have allowed his faith to fail him then. Sitting by himself in a season of isolation alone. On the isle called Patmos, I, John, all by myself. Looking at the bones of the previous exiles that didn't make it off this island. But you know what the Bible says that John did? I got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then all of a sudden, he started getting some revelation uh, that some churches in Asia needed. And had John stayed in his situation and stayed in circumstance, uh, he would have never got the revelation uh, that the people were waiting on. It's time for you to look at your circumstance uh, and say, hallelujah, anyhow. Uh, praise God, uh, anyhow. Uh, there's faith in this house you can come out of it today you can be delivered today but you've got to come up Lord help me John chapter 2 the Bible says I got in the spirit on the Lord's day that word in in the original was more like in two I got into the spirit. It means I had to make myself get into it. I didn't feel like it, but I did it anyway. I didn't want to, but I did it anyway. Circumstances said, why? But I said, but God. And you watch. When he was willing to get into it when it wasn't easy. John chapter 4. And immediately this time. It didn't take effort this time. Because when you're faithful in the trial, when you're faithful in the circumstance, the Bible says, I, John, was immediately in the spirit. And you watch this time, the Bible says, come up. No. Come up out of your mess, John. Come up out of your trial, John. Come up out of exile, John. And he came up, and I saw the Lord, and there was a throne, and I saw walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets of gold. There's people in this place right now, you're trying to decide if you're going to stay in your circumstance or come up. I said, I'm coming out. You need to tell yourself that in the spirit right now. I'm not staying here today. I'm not staying bound by situation or circumstance or trial or I'm coming up. Acts chapter 16. The Bible says that these men, Paul and Silas, are there preaching the gospel. They just pray this one lady through, and, and she invites them into the home, and they start praying together, having a mighty prayer meeting. And then this lady shows up, possessed with the spirit of divination. Now, divination is a spirit of witchcraft, of which restricts the work of God. 
You get that from the original word pythos, which is where you get the word python. And it's the restriction of the moving of the spirit. But if you look at that word, you get its prefix div, which is where you get the words division, divorce, divide. So what she showed up to do was divide Paul and Silas and to break them apart from their unity. Because she knew if I can get them apart, I can win. But if they stay together, one can put a thousand and two can put ten thousand. Come on, you might be in the prison, but you're not alone. You might be in a struggle, but you're not by yourself. And the Bible says that Paul got fed up, cast the spirit out of her, and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they called Paul and Silas, they caught them. And the first thing that they did was rend their garment. Because the garment back then represented your identity, who you were, the status of life that you represented and walked in. The first thing the enemy is going to come after is your apostolic identity. I said he's going to come after your apostolic identity. That's why it's important, just as important as outward holiness is inward holiness. Because although they could strip their outward identity, what they did not know is it wasn't a facade like the Pharisee. It was something that took place on the inside. You can't take an apostolic's identity. You can't strip us of who we are. We are the only ones that can change our identity. And what's the next thing that they did? The Bible says that they took them to the whipping post. And they whipped them. And the Lord spoke to me about the whipping post. Or he revealed something to me. And I felt like, you know, the, the, the North American church may never have to endure a physical whipping post. You may never have to lay over the whipping post and take the lash for your faith. But what that means to us is the battle of the flesh. I said, that represents the battle of your flesh. That represents the circumstance that you've walked in here warring against that is stopping you from getting in the spirit on the Lord's day. It's the battle of the flesh. And there's people that have walked into this place battling addiction against nicotine, battling pornography, battling alcohol, battling the wars of the flesh. And you've taken the whiplash of the flesh. You've taken the beating of the flesh. You've taken the war in the flesh. But I'm telling you today, if you would realize the power of the unity that's in this room, you're not alone. Brother Urshan, the second fight is the real fight of today, the inner prison. Because the inner prison represents the prison within the prison. No light gets to the inner prison. It's a dark place. It's a lonely place. It's a place of seclusion. It's where they put the worst of the worst. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that represents the battle of the mind. Let me preach to some folks in this place that have come in here with your mask on, acting like everything's okay, but you're so depressed, you don't remember the last time you had a good, faithful thought. Let me 
me preach to the good saints in this house that have come into this place battling depression, battling anxiety. You've thought about taking your own life recently and you think you're all by yourself and nobody ever saw it. And meanwhile, God said, you staggered into this place. If you'll get in the spirit, if you join with your brother next to you and your sister next to you, you'd have a jailbreak from your depression. You'd have a jailbreak from your anxiety. God wants people to come out today. He wants you to get out of your situation. Let me tell you what I know. Not what I think, what I know. The people in this place that have sat across from your pastor and telling him, I never thought in a million years I would think what I'm thinking right now. And you've hid it from people, but you haven't hid it from God. Let me tell you what I know is that I have seen it. I have seen it work. I have seen it work through the church, especially in the last two years. People you would never imagine in this place right now. Your tears are starting to just well up in your eye and starting to stream down your face and you think you've got it all covered up. But I've come today to tell you if you would get in the spirit right now. The Lord has sent me today to tell you you're coming out of it. I've come today to tell you deliverance is here. Freedom is here. There's a jailbreaking moment in this house. There's a freedom and it's up in the balcony. It's down on the floor. It's on the left. It's on. Why don't you get out of your... And then they put them in stocks and bonds, which is the spirit of condemnation. That's not conviction. Conviction is a good thing. Conviction is that which pulls you to the cross so the blood can wash you. Condemnation is that which tells you you're not good enough for the cross and the blood isn't for you. Oh, but I still believe that old song. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing, 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 nothing but the blood. I don't care how many times you've fallen. Get back up in this place. I don't care. I wish somebody right now would rise to your feet and let a shout of victory ring in this house. Don't stop that hand clap. Don't stop that hand clap. Come on. It's been a while since you've had a little pep in your step. It's been too long since you've had a shout of hallelujah on your lips. You're coming out today. You're going to be delivered in the name of the Lord. Come on. There's faith. Let your voice go. Let that hand clap ring in this house.
Come on, cultivate that. Come on, cultivate that. Cultivate that hand clap. You feel the faith in here? That's the faith to set you free. There you go. There you go. There's a few of y'all that said, I'm going to rejoice anyhow. There's a few of y'all that said, I'm going to shout anyhow. There's a few of y'all that said, it's been too long since I felt the joy of the Lord. It's been too long since I had peace, joy, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, gentle against there is No such law. The fruit of the Spirit is here. Take a hold. Stay standing, I'm done. No music right now, please. Thank you, but no music right now. For too long, we have relegated and delegated the power of the Spirit to those that stand behind a pulpit and those that preach and those that have the title faith healer. That's not the will of God, and that's not how we're going to have end-time revival. I said that's not how we're going to have end-time revival. Stephen was not a preacher. He was just a man that got full of faith and decided no matter the circumstance, I'm going to see Jesus with stones. Oh, God. With stones flying at his face. All Stephen could see was Jesus. When the stone of condemnation comes at you, see Jesus. When the stone of past hurts rises up, see Jesus. When the stones of yesterday starts flying at you, look up in the heavens and just see Jesus. Jesus in the mountains. Jesus in the street. Stephen got full of faith and started laying hands on people. Started doing miracle signs and wonders. And he never graced the pulpit. And there's people in this place right now. You may never be a preacher. You may, you may never be the soloist. You may never be the one to get to be in the spotlight. It's not all it's cracked up to be. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can get full of faith. You can get full of power. You can go to work tomorrow and minister to your brother because you're coming out today. Because you're going to be set free today. And when you come out of the situation, you need to go out and be a testimony. If you need a miracle in your body, you need deliverance in your mind. You've come today seeking something from God. I want you to make your way to this altar right now. Come on, you need something from God. Stay where you're at and stay in your situation. That's on you. But I want to know, is there anybody that's got some faith in this house? If you want to stay where you're at, that's totally fine. But I want us to join in this altar right now. Come on, make your way down to this altar. If you're tired of that depression robbing you, if you're tired of that sickness being your identity, if you're tired of that circumstance robbing you of who and what you are, I want you to run to this altar. Come on. There's more that need to move right now.
I said, there's more that need to move right now. There's more room around this altar. Come on, don't wait. Don't hesitate. If you need deliverance in your body, at least make a sign of faith. And let's gather in these aisles right now. If you can't stand, that's all right. If you can't get up, that's okay. But if you're physically able, I'm asking you to get to this altar right now. I need some folks that know how to war in the spirit right now. I need you to lift your hands and I need you to let out that apostolic authority because there's some mess that's lying to people right now, telling them they can't make it out. They can't get their freedom. I'm telling you, I rebuke that thinking in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, that's it. If you're in this altar, I want you to lift your hands now. Lift your hands if they're not already lifted. And I want you to lift your eyes right now. Look up towards heaven. Come on. You're coming out today. You've got to tell yourself, uh, here, I, the sickness will be healed today. You've just got to believe it. And you've got to choose. I'm going to get in the spirit no matter the circumstance. With your hands lifted, ministry team, I want you to get ready to pray for folks right now. Now with your hands lifted and your eyes towards heaven, we're going to give the word of faith right now. I want everybody's attention for just one second. We're going to speak the word of faith right now. We're going to speak it. And when we speak it, you're going to lift up a voice of praise. I want you to shout Jesus or I want you to shout hallelujah. But use something with your mouth. And if you're in this place and you've got faith and you believe that God can use you today, I don't care if you're 12, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to turn and lay hands on somebody in just a second. Because you don't have to be a preacher to have the gift of faith working in your life. You, everybody in this place, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, this is your day. God's going to use you right now. I want your hands lifted. When you hear in Jesus' name, I want you to lift your voice. And when you lift your voice, I want you to know that there is a jailbreak coming right now. That prison doors are going to fling open. That chains are going to fall off. That situations and circumstances are going to turn around. That unity is in this place. Come on, get ready. I want you to shout with everything within you. Lord, right now, by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the matchless, wonderful name of Jesus, I command depression to break in this place. I command sicknesses to be healed in this place. I command infirmities to come out of people in this place. I command circumstances to begin to turn around. Are you ready? In Jesus' name. Come on, let there be a shout of victory. Come on, you're coming out. You're free. 
Now I want you to turn and lay hands on your neighbor. I want you to turn and rejoice with your brother. Come on, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Your mind is set free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've got faith, I don't want you looking around. Lay hands on somebody. Speak the word of faith. Come on, don't get quiet. Don't stop praying. You need to turn to somebody right now. You need to turn to somebody right now. You need to start moving in the spirit. Uh, the gifts of the spirit are here. And they're wanting to go through you. Uh, look around. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Go lay hands on somebody. Be the catalyst uh, to their deliverance. Uh, you and God, uh, you can do it. Come on, move in the spirit right now. Come on, lift your voices again. Lift your head again. Don't be defeated. Don't be defeated.
Come on, be bold. Come on, be bold. Don't be timid. Don't be timid. You're looking around, and God's telling you to do something. God's telling you to move. God's telling you to go. Go in Jesus' name. Don't wait around. Don't wait for another minute. Be bold in the spirit. Be bold in this. Well, preacher, I've never been used. That doesn't matter. There's a first time for everything. Move in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. Let's pray for one another. Come on, I feel like there is just such a great healing in this room right now. Come on, we're not done quite yet. There's a healing in this room. Mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing. It's in this room right now. The bomb of Gilead is like it's exploding in this house. If you need a miracle, you need to lift your hands right now. You need something to happen in your life. Lift your hands right now. Now, as your hands are lifted, I want you to lift your voice and I want you to cry out in a sincere worship until you feel the healing ointment run over your body. It's here right now in Jesus' name. If you're by somebody that's praying, I want you to turn and I want you to lay your hand on their head right now. I want you to lay your hand on their head right now. 
And I want you with faith to speak the word of faith over their situation. Come on. If you're up in the balcony, turn and pray for somebody. If you're down here on the floor, turn and pray for somebody. There is a great unity in this place right now. Come on, that's it. Lay your hand on their head. Come on, lay your hand on their head and speak with faith. Prophesy over them. Let your tongue go and prophesy the word over their life.